you have a Bible, open up to Philippians chapter 1. Philippians chapter 1. If you don't have a Bible, it's okay because we're going to put it up on the big uh, screens in the air and we'll be able to make sure that you guys have that. We're glad you're here today. So many familiar faces and some new faces. We're glad that you guys are all here today. We say this a lot at our church and sometimes we leave it out, but we want you to know that you're welcomed here and you're wanted here. You, know, you go a lot of places and you're not sure if, you're, if you belong, but we want you to know you belong here. You belong here and you're welcomed and you're wanted here. And we also want you to know this. We don't care where you've been. We're excited about where you're going. We're excited about your future. We're excited about what God has for your life and what he has planned for you. And he's got great things in store for you. And um, if you're here today, you're, on a, you're here on a great week. We're starting a brand new series called The Life in HD. The Life in HD. It's a study on Philippians. And I know you're probably thinking, what is the life in HD? What does that have to do? What does Philippians have to do with living in HD, and I'm gonna explain all to you. I'm gonna explain a lot to you in, in just a moment. But a few um, few years ago, my buddy said, "Hey, you gotta come over for dinner," and I'm like, "Absolutely, I love dinner and I love free." You know what I'm saying? So I was like, "Yeah, I'll be there." I was like, "What you what you making?" And uh, he's like, "We're gonna make we're gonna make a Publix fried chicken." I'm like, "Even better, even better." I love making Publix fried chicken. It sounds like a great idea. And he goes, uh, "Do you like fried chicken?" I was like, "Come on, <laughs> come on. Do I like fried chicken? Of course I like fried chicken. I'll be there." So I packed up my kids. At that point, we just had uh, the, two, the two big kids and, and uh, our nine-year-old and our, and our six-year-old and my wife and I. And they only lived about five minutes away. We got in the car and we, we drove around the, around the corner. We got to their house and we got there. We walked in. I looked up and I, I said, man, you guys rearranged some things. And then I stopped and I looked up and I was like, what is that? And he goes, he looks and this guy is not a, is not a big talker. He's, he's very quiet. His wife's a talker. He's a quiet guy. Obviously, I'm a talker. And he just looked at me and smiled. He said, that's my new TV. I'm like, that's like the most words I've ever heard you say in a long time. He's like, that's my new TV. I'm like, dude, what is it? He goes, that's a 60-inch high-definition TV. And I was like, this is what heaven's like. I made it, you know? It was incredible. I was like, man, this is, that TV's nice. I, you would think compared to my TV, I was looking at, my TV was black and white, and his was HD. Like, you know, or, or mine had no pic. Mine had no megapixels, and his had all the megapixels. I'm like, man, that TV's incredible. And my wife looked at me like, bro, give him a break. It's just a TV. I'm like, no, babe, that's not just any TV. That's a 60-inch high-definition TV. I'm like, if you love me, you'll buy me one of those. You know what I'm saying? If you don't love me, you'll let me use whatever we got on. You know, so I'm like, my, like, we got, like, that's like two of our TVs, hon. And, like, the picture's just so much better. And, and I began to look at that. And so I, I, I was like, man, that, that's nice. And, and hopefully by now, probably most of you by now, you have a, a high-def TV. Uh, high def TV, and then some of you guys are jerks, like my brother, and he's like, yeah, you know, they have a thing out now called 4K, and I'm like, what does that mean? He's like, <laughs> like, it's it has a curvature to it. He's like, you want to come over and see my TV? I'm like, no. He's like, why don't you? I said, because I don't want to lust after your TV. You know, I'm trying not to sin. You know, he's like, man, I don't want. I was like, I don't want to covet my neighbor's stuff, but that's a nice TV. And so I was thinking about this idea of um, of high definition. I wrote down this definition for you: high definition or an HD signal. It enhances both the picture and the sound of programs so that they are crisper and more detailed than ever. You, hopefully you've seen a TV and you're like, man, I looked at the TV and I was like, we were watching sports, obviously, and I'm like, man, you can see the sweat on that guy's face. I know that sounds weird to some of you guys, like, why? That's just what I saw. Like, it, was like, it was awesome. I don't know if it was hockey or what, but it was like, man, it, this is just incredible. I feel like I'm actually there. I'm, I feel like I'm experiencing the actual, the actual TV. I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm actually there. This is actually better than actually being there. You can see this thing so clear, but an HD projection or an HD signal enhances both the picture and the sound of programs so that they are crisper and more detailed than ever. If I ask you today, 
if you wanted to go to the beach and I showed you a low resolution picture, I would show you a picture that looks like that. And you're like, oh man, I would love to be at the beach right now. How many of you guys want to be at the beach right now? <laughs> yeah, a lot of you guys, not that many of you guys raise your hand, but this is a chance for you to all raise your hand. How many of you guys want to say, let's go to the beach? You say, hey man, I, I, I'll go there, the, the next picture. Yeah, come on. Now we're like, you guys just got Pentecostal. It was like a wave in here. Yeah, of course. I'll go to that. Like that beach you showed me was like Cocoa Beach. I don't want to go to Cocoa. I want to, wherever that's at, Wes, get me a one-way ticket because that's, that's where I want to go. And some of you guys are like, oh, you're showing pictures of my summer vacation. <laughs> and if that is your summer vacation, you want to invite your pastor to go with you. You know what I'm saying? I will go. I'll clean up while I'm there. I'll make dinner if they have Publix nearby, you know, and if breakfast, I'll bring Diana with me. She can make anything. And, but that's, there's a big difference between the first picture and the second one. There's a lot of clarity. There's a lot of clarity there. And do we have that widescreen, uh, difference between um, a normal picture and a, and a widescreen wide picture? We have this, and then the, the, show me the next picture. Yeah. If you walked in today and you, and you look at those chairs, that's before we got started today, you see there's just a narrow narrow, narrow picture there. You can't see that there's anything going on. It kind of looks not, not a whole lot going on, but when we go to that wider screen picture, you're like, man, there's a lot going on. You can tell now they're going somewhere. And I can't wait for our first mission trip to Detroit this summer. But we're, they're going somewhere. They've got some stuff there. It's not just this little picture, but you can see so much of it. And maybe, and it talked about sound today too. And I'll show you the difference of, of sound. Yeah, I'm playing some rap because I'm a thug. <laughs> I'm not. You can barely hear this. It's not that great. But if I were to play it on a system a lot louder, you guys can crank it up a little bit so we can feel it. Yeah. There's a huge difference. This feels good. That's how you bring that down. There's a lot better quality. I was like, that almost started off like that Justin Bieber song. I was about to feel it. You know what I'm saying? Um, <clears throat> Uh, just, I was listening to songs last night just because I was trying to get ready for this a sermon. You're like, what are we listening to? I, I, I searched top 40 songs, and um, man, Ed Sheeran is killing it, man. He has, for 2017, he already has top two songs. Some of you guys are like, what does that have to do with the message? It doesn't, but I'm like, this guy's lighting it up. And as you follow it further down, he's got more songs down in the teens than in the 20s. This guy, he's already got like four or five songs. The Bowser's put his whole album in there for 2017. The guy is it's kind of, but there's a lot, there's a lot better. The sound from my phone is pretty pathetic. Or how many of you guys in here, you, you have a surround sound. It sounds a lot better than just watching it from the TV. You're like, oh man, that sounds okay. But you ever been to someone's house and you sit in their theater and you're like, you feel like you're actually at the theater. It just, it just feels right. And a lot of you guys are like, I'm going to Best Buy right after this sermon and I'm buying a new TV. I'm buying a surround sound because apparently I'm, I'm missing out, you know, and Sometimes we've, we've, had the, we've, we've shown these screens or showed these projectors at our house or in different environments, and it just, just feels good. Life in HD or sound in HD, there's clarity. There's clarity, and there, you can see there's a wider screen, and the sound is incredible. All three of those things make up for an HD component. It just, it just feels better. It sounds better. It looks better. And I believe this today more than ever. I feel like so many people live lives limited. Our lives are a lot like that sound from my phone. Like, man, I can't, you don't hear a whole lot. It isn't, it isn't, you don't, you can't feel the sound go, go through you. I, I went to Chick-fil-A last night and the car in front of me had a sound system in his car. I don't know if they still, I didn't know they still put sound systems in the car. Back when I was younger, that was cool. And, but this thing was just like, I had an uncle, and um, his name was Carl, but he was about 350, 400 pounds, and we called him Heavy C. Heavy C is what we call my uncle, and he had a low rider car. And when he got in that thing, it was low, 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 low rider. 
it was just, but that, I used to ride around that car in, in Eatonville, and we used to turn that sound system up, and it used to just shake cars as we'd go by. It was, I thought it was so cool. Now when I hear loud music, I'm like, man, my ears hurt, you know? It's like, I don't know if that comes with getting older or what, but man, I, there's that sound where it's just like, boom, I feel like sometimes we hear things so faint. We don't really hear loud. We kind of, we're going through life where the, the sound's kind of just, it's kind of just okay. It isn't like the big screen. It's more like, it's more like playing it from our, or from our phone, or if some of you guys, you've upgraded now, and you, you have the, the, the Beats, it just sounds. I, I did a wedding a few months ago, and they're like, here, we've got you a gift, and they gave me a pair of Beats headphones, and I'm like, this just sounds better. You know, if you walk around with Beats, you don't look cool. You look like a dwee, by the way, but if that's you, it's okay. If they do each its own, but like, to me, I like, that guy looks like a, that guy looks like a dork with those, with those big old headphones on, but I know this, the sound is incredible. And, and maybe your view of life, maybe you see life like that first picture. So you just see just this narrow view. There's just the path that you're on. You're just walking on it. It's the same path every single day. And there's so many things that you're missing all around you. There's so much stuff going on, but you're like, this is just my life. This is the way it's going to be. This is the way it's meant to be. And it's not going to be good. I'm just going to stay on this court. And I'm just going to go this direction. There's no potential harm around you, but there's also no potential excitement or opportunity around you because all you see is this. And then you see things just faint. You're like, man, I wish I would see, wish I could see some color. I was on Facebook the other day and I saw a, a lady giving her grandpa a pair of glasses that would allow him to see color for the first time. You probably have seen the video if you've ever been on Facebook for more than five minutes. But man, he sees color for the first time, he just starts crying. And she's like, what color is this? What color is this? And I'm afraid for us, a lot of us, we go through life just living narrow-minded, not hearing a lot, not seeing a whole lot, and we miss out on so many things that God has planned for our life. I, I realize this, the Christian life is all about trying to see and hear God more clearly. The Christian life really is about trying to see God and hear God more clearly or to hear him clearly. That would be nice. Wes, if you tell me today, Wes, I can hear God clearly, sign me up. I would love that. Or Wes, I could, if I could hear him and I could see more clearly, I, I want that. Where do I get a line at? Where is, what's that look like? What's it feel like? Because I want that. And I would suggest you today that that's possible for everyone in this room here today. It's possible for, if you're in here saying, you're like, man, I just, I'm not, it's like most days I'm, I'm walking, I'm waking up, and I'm living the same exact day over and over and over again. And I would suggest you today that you're not experiencing life in high definition. God died on the cross for our sins so that we can experience a high definition life. If you have a Bible, we're going to get into the book of Philippians. And Philippians is an amazing book. And if you're new to church today, which a lot of you guys are, if you've been coming for a long time, the guy that wrote this book is named Paul. His, his name is Paul. And, and I say that so flippantly today because I've been talking about Paul for a long time, but Paul writes two-thirds of the New Testament. He writes a ton of the New Testament. Paul was a church planner. I totally can relate with that. All he did was went around and started churches. But Paul would start churches in strategic places. Paul, if Paul were alive today, he would be in New York City starting a church. He'd be in Orlando starting a church. He'd be in L.A. starting a church. He'd be in Amsterdam starting a church. He'd be in London starting a church. He would go to the biggest cities all around the world. He'd be putting strategic churches in all, all, in, in all the world. And he always put them close to water because water was a lot of travel back, back then in, in, in the Bible days. And so he would put them on a port city. And that port city where you'd plant that plant, that church, the goal was for that church to start another church and to start another church and another church. And if you're here with us today and you're just getting into our, this environment with us, our goal is to start churches. We want to be a church that starts more churches. That's what we want to do. We believe this, the church should grow. Churches should be growing. The average church in America, 80, 85% to be exact, the churches in America are in plateau or decline. We believe churches should grow. We believe that healthy churches 
should grow. And we want to be a healthy church. I, I said to you guys last week, and if, if you're new to us, they are, it's our goal over the, next, the rest of the year, the next six or seven months, we want to see 100 people be a part of our dream team. 100 people, like, Wes, that's a lot. That's a big goal. That's what we want. We believe God can do that. And when we see 100 people be on, on the dream team, we want to see 50 people commit their life to Christ. We've seen well over 120, 130 plus people give life to Christ, but we want to see 50 more decisions for Christ. And then we want to go to two environments. We want to go to a nine o'clock environment and we want to be at a, keep this 1030 environment. We also want to be at a 9 a.m. environment as well to, to, so we can encourage people in our city to experience Jesus. So that's our goal. That's where we're going because we believe churches ought to grow. And Paul was starting these churches and they would grow and they would grow and they would grow and then they would grow and they would grow. And that's the way churches should be. So he starts this church at a place called Philippi. He's writing this book to the Philippians. That's who he's writing it to. But it started in a place called Philippi. And I'm going to tell you how it started today. Paul was in the city. He was doing his thing. He was, he was loving people. He was encouraging people, which our mission is to love all people at all times and all places. We want to love all Winter Garden. We want to serve all Winter Garden. We want, every, we, want to just, we want to inhabit Winter Garden until everyone hears about Jesus. That's what we want to do. And so we believe this. So when we, when we do that, that, that'll allow the church to grow. And so Paul would go to these places and start these churches. Well, Paul's there, and he leads a lady named, a lady named Lydia to Christ. And you can read further this story, what I'm about to talk through to you today. You can read all that in Acts chapter 16 later on your own time. I got a lot of work to in Philippians, so I'm just going to tell you what happened. He leads a lady named Lydia to Jesus. Now, Lydia was a baller, Gucci, Prada, high-end manufacturer of fine clothing. That was Lydia's job. This lady, this lady would be a fashionista. She had it together. And not only did that, she had lots of money. Philippi was not her first home. Her house in Philippi was where her business was. It was her second home. She's not from Philippi, but she was there doing business in, at her second home. And Paul introduces this lady to Jesus Christ. And her life was changed forever. The Bible said her life was so much changed that her whole entire house, her whole entire house moved into a relationship with Jesus Christ. Her whole entire house. Her life was so dr drastically changed that the whole entire area, her whole entire house, and I don't know, I, don't, I didn't study the word house before I got up here today, but the house I feel like is a lot bigger than just her, the four walls of her home. Because when they got this thing, she was a business leader. I believe that she went to her work the next day and she goes, hey, Jesus changed my life and I want to tell you about it. And she went to the neighbor's house, come over for the party on Friday night. When you get here, I want you guys to know, she stood in front of the whole entire party and said, hey guys, I want you guys to know this. Jesus changed my life. Her whole entire house, her whole entire community came to know Jesus as their savior. So Paul leaves that in situation. He goes out and then he leads a little girl that was demon possessed to Jesus. Like demon possessed. Like I know what a little girl is like. I don't know if she's demon possessed, but I, I, I kind of get it a little bit. And when you think demon possessed, think of Chucky doll. <laughs> By the way, I Googled Chucky doll last night and clicked on images. You don't want to do that. I just, it's still scary. Even as a 34-year-old doll, I'm like, man, this, this doll, this doll. It was around a long time ago. But think Chucky doll. Head spinning, saying all kinds of whacked out stuff. This lady, he leads her to the Lord. And all the church people, all the religious people around got mad at him. Because the lady that was, there was a lady that was using this girl to, using her as a source of income, as a source of profit. Like, come watch the freak show. Well, Paul changes her life, and her life was dramatically changed for forever. And then he got thrown in prison. He goes to prison. He becomes good friends with a guy who held the keys to the prison. And Paul led that guy to the Lord. 
I mean, the guy was on a mission. Like, he wanted everyone to know there was this guy named Jesus that could change their life for forever. And so Paul did that over and over and over and over and over again until he got locked up. When he got locked up, you see him in the prison. Now he's writing letters to these churches all across essentially what would become the world. And you see him do this over and over again. He does this in a place called Ephesus. You see him do it to a church at Corinthians. But this church is different. And all the churches he, you, that Paul speaks to when he writes a letter back to him, he's like, hey, guys, don't do that, but do this also. Hey, guys, don't do that, but do this also. This church is different. I believe this, is, this, this, this church here, they, just, they had something different about them. They, they were going strong. This was, a, this was a maturing church. This was not a church plant of year, less than two years old. This was not a church plant that was just getting started that he just left them a few weeks ago. This was a church plant where these guys have been, these guys have been growing and growing. These guys were mature believers. And Paul is just writing, them, writing, writing back to them to encourage them. Hey, I just want to encourage you guys. And let's pick up in the encouragement. Oh, and one, one other thing that you need to know, too, also, if you're new to church. Paul is not, hasn't always been Paul. Paul used to be Saul. And he got a new name. He got a new name. And when he was Saul, his job was to go around and kill people who believed in Jesus. And one day he, was, he got, went to the, to, the, um, to the leaders, the government, and said, hey, I want to go to Damascus because I heard there's a bunch of Christians there, and I want to kill them too. He found joy in killing Christians. A friend of ours, um, he, he's rebuilding churches all across, all across the world, and in some of these places in the world, in, even as we speak today, there's places around the world where they're locking Christians up in their church buildings, locking them up and pouring gasoline on them and lighting them on fire. I mean, that would have been Paul's job. And Paul loved to do it. He loved to see Christians killed. And we see, that, see him do that. We get to see parts of his life doing that. But then we see that he spent with the most of his life, the remainder of his life, inviting people into a relationship with Jesus Christ. And that's why we always say it's not about where you've been. It's about where you're going doesn't matter how bad your life started off because you have a future with God. doesn't matter how deep the hole that you've dug. It doesn't matter because you can get out of it and God can help you out of it and you can live a life that God has intended for you to live. And so Paul used to be Saul, professional Christian killer. Now he's Paul, the church planner. Talk about a, a plot twist. Like, could you imagine? Like, didn't I see you killing a guy like two weeks ago? Yeah, that was me. <laughs> now what are you doing? Now I'm telling everyone I know about Jesus. Like, it didn't make sense to a lot of people. In some place that he would go, they would say, you can't be here because we know what you want to do. You're here to kill us. And so eventually he developed relationships and he began to teach and preach the gospel. Philippians chapter 1, he opens up in a very, if you read all, the, all of Paul's books that he writes to these churches, it sounds a lot, it sounds very similar to what you're about to hear right now. Philippians chapter 1, this is a letter from Paul and Timothy, slaves of Christ Jesus. Their, the idea of slavery is that they were just, they were tied up with Jesus. They were, they were super tight, chained to Jesus. He goes, I'm writing to all of God's people in Philippi who belong to Christ Jesus, including the elders and the deacons. He's writing to a church there, all the leadership there. May God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ give you grace and give you peace. Pretty standard. You'll read that in Ephesus and Corinthians and all the other books that, he, that Paul wrote. Hey, grace and peace to you guys. I love you guys. Grace, may God give you more grace. May God give you more grace. God loves you. God cares for you. Hope you guys are doing well. Verse three, he says this. Every time I think of you guys, I give thanks to my God. And whenever I pray, I make my, requ my request for all of you with joy. He goes, I I'm praying for you guys. 
For you've been my partners in spreading the good news about Christ from the time you first heard it until now. He goes, you guys are still going. You guys are still spreading the gospel. And I'm certain that God who began the good work within you will continue his work until it's finally finished of the day when Christ Jesus returned. He goes, man, you guys are doing a good job. You're doing the work you're supposed to do. And I want to encourage you to keep on doing it. And I believe you're going to continue to do it. And God's going to continue to help you do it until he comes back. We say this a lot at our church. It's not about being perfect. It's about progress. He goes, you guys are in progress and you're spreading the gospel and your job is not, you're not gonna be done spreading the gospel until you get to heaven. Your goal is to spread the gospel, spread the good news that Jesus came, lived a perfect life. He died to death, we should have died. And he rose again on the third day after being beat up, brutally beat up on a cross. He rose again and walked victoriously. Keep spreading the gospel. And you guys, I'm sure you'll keep on doing it because you guys have done a great job with it. I wanna encourage you guys to keep on going and God will help you. Verse 7 says this, So it is right that I should feel as I do about all of you guys, for you've got a special place in my heart. You share with me the special favor of God, both in my imprisonment and in my defending and confirming the truth of the good news. God knows how much I love you and how much I long for you with the tender, compassionate of Christ Jesus. Man, Paul loves these people. Like, love, 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 loves them. Like, loves, 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 like, loves, like, to infinity and beyond. He loves them a ton because he led us later in Lydia. Like, it's not like, hey, guys, good job. Congratulations. Joey came and spoke to us a few weeks ago. He didn't know you guys. Hey, I love you guys because you guys love Wes and Diana. This is like, I've got a personal relationship with you guys. I love you guys so deeply. I don't know how long he was there with them at the Church of Philippi, but he was there long enough to know that he knew Lydia. And, you know, I gave you guys the, the little girl that her, she was demon-possessed. Paul knew her name. He was there long enough to get her name. And the prison guard, he knew him by name because that guy, he led to the Lord. And he, Paul, it said, it, the verse says that Paul had a good reputation among all, the, among, among, among all the prison. And so we see here, like, Paul, like, I love you guys. Like, I love you guys. I have a deep affection for you guys. I care about you guys. And I want to say to you guys as a church from, from Dinah, we love you guys. We see here, we try to, and I, I want for you guys today, I want you guys to put yourself in the story. I want you guys, oh, that's the church of Philippi. no. We have this book because we're supposed to put ourselves, I want you guys to be able to feel this and taste this and smell this story. Like, we love you guys. We, we have a deep affection for you guys. I, I, I think back a lot of times, I replay the early days. And I'm like, man, there was just nobody here. I used to, I used to pray, God, please let people show up. Please let people show up. Please. <laughs> That's what I pray. Now I'm like, man, I love these people. This past week, Dinah went out to eat with, with Danielle. And she's like, man, I had such a great time with Danielle. I love Danielle. I love her. I love you guys. I love spending time with you guys. I, I love hanging out with you guys. I, I love you guys. Paul's like, I, I love you guys. I love all the stories that we've heard because every number that I give you guys, it connects with that person's life and, and someone's story. And Paul's saying, man, I care about you guys. I love you guys so deeply. Verse 9 says, I pray that your love will overflow more and more and that you'll keep on growing in the knowledge and understanding for I want you to understand what really matters so that you may live pure and blameless lives until the day of Christ Jesus' return. May you always be filled with the fruit of your salvation, the righteous character produced in your life by Jesus Christ. For this will bring much glory and praise to God. He says, man, I want you guys to keep on going. You know, we love seeing people make a decision to follow Jesus Christ, but we just want, that's just the start. We want to see you continue to grow and to grow and to grow and to continue to get deeper in the knowledge of Jesus Christ and, and grow in your, in your love for Jesus. We want you to get to the place where you say, man, I feel like I'm, I'm actually living a blameless life. I'm living a righteous life. And when people see, they see that there's fruits of your salvation. There's, there, there's growth coming out of you. 
You know, I love springtime. I don't, I'm not exactly sure about the whole winter we had yesterday, but I totally appreciate it. But I know this. I love springtime because there's flowers and things are in bloom and things smell. And I don't like pollen, but I like the flowers. You know, like I, I see that like there should be growth. We should always be t- continuing to grow as, as, as believers. We should always want to. And God continues to help us, help us grow. We should always be advancing in our walk with Jesus Christ. We should be going further and further and growing closer and closer to Jesus. So Paul wants them to know, hey, I love you guys. And you're doing a great job. And I want you to keep on going. And I'm proud of you. And your best days are ahead of you. And I'm proud of your progress. And you're doing great. All the things that we say every week, Paul's saying that to them. Man, you're, I mean, you're, you're, going, you're doing so great. And by the way, if you're in your team, like, man, I'm not doing so great. I want you to know you're going to be doing great. <laughs> Sometimes you've got to speak to someone's potential. Speak to their future. You're going to do great. You're, you're, you may be in a valley today, but the mountaintop is coming. And things are going to get better for your story. And your story is going to get better So verse 12 says this, I want you to know, dear brothers and sisters, that everything that has happened to me here has helped me spread the good news. For everyone here, including the whole palace guard, all the prison guard, knows that I am in chains because of Jesus Christ. And because of my imprisonment, most of the believers here have gained confidence and they now boldly speak of God's message without fear. I didn't tell you this before. Paul's in prison writing this book. Awesome, right? it's so crazy. And I, these guys, they, when they would put them in prison, they would lock them up. And we think of, we think of locking up like Magic Kingdom when you walk um, right by where you get to Tom Sawyer's Island where you come put your head in there and you put your hands out. We think of locked up in stocks. That's what we think about. That looks kind of cute. It's a good photo. It's great for Instagram. We get you some likes. But just to put your head through and put your hands there. Like we think that looks cute. But when these guys were in prison in, in the scriptures, they would basically contort your body and lock your body up into a position that you really don't want to be in. And then they would lock you, up, lock you up there for days. Your body would basically go into a cramp because you were, they were tied up or they'd have your legs bent behind you or your legs crossed or your arms crossed or behind you in this way and that way. And, and they would hold you there and they would lock you in a place like that. Well, Paul gained favor. Paul's in there. Paul's like writing books. <laughs> like, how, wouldn't that be nice? Some of you guys, some of you guys, I believe um, Connie's, Connie's writing a book right now, but it would be nice to be locked up and have just no one around you, no one bothering you, so you could just write your book and just get all over with. But that's just not reality. If you have written a book, which I haven't, if you've ever written a book before, you know that like God's like, or Satan's like, okay, let me trip this guy up. Let me give him the busiest flight schedule of their season. I follow, I follow Connie on, on social media. It's like every week she's in a different state. Like I, she's got to be living like on a constant jet lag. You know, it's like doesn't know where she's at. The bag just stays packed. That's the good news because you can wear, here's the good thing about traveling. You can just wear the same outfit every week because no one sees you. <laughs> you just keep on going. You can, I'd have a problem with that because I like to wear new clothes, but you can just do the same thing over and over. But he had all kinds of distractions. You would typically have in his room, but they've got like, hey, Paul, you're, gonna, you're locked up. You're right there and you're going to start writing your, write your books. <laughs> Write your encouragement letter to all your, all, your, all your people because he had gained favor with the prison guards. Most of the believers have gained confidence and they now boldly speak God's message. Verse 15, it's true that some are preaching out of jealousy and rivalry, but others preach about Christ with pure motives. They preach because they love me, for they know, where I, have, they know I have been appointed to defend the good news. Those others do not have pure motives as they preach about Christ. They preach with selfish ambition, not sincerely, intending to make my chains more painful to me. He says, some people aren't preaching because they love Jesus. They're just preaching because they like to hear themselves talk. Or they're preaching because they're trying, to get, they're trying to get people to follow them. They're using the gospel to get a following. And the gospel doesn't need them. They need the gospel. 
But that doesn't matter, he says. Whether their motives are pure or genuine, the message about Christ is being preached either way. So I rejoice and I will continue to rejoice. For I know that as you pray for me and the spirit of Jesus Christ helps me, this will lead to my deliverance. He goes, man, we're preaching the gospel. Like, and I want you to know this today. We, I, I told you about Lydia. I told you about the demon little girl. And I told you about the prison guard. Because I want you guys to know this, that the good news of the gospel, that Jesus came, died, and was beaten, and was buried, and rose again, his blood and his goodness is good enough for everybody. God's blood and God's forgiveness isn't, doesn't, does have, it got, God's, blood, God's blood, God's forgiveness doesn't have a prejudice. Like it doesn't matter what you look like, no matter what you smell like, no matter what you act like, God wants to change your life. And he can do that. If he can change a rich person's life, he can change a demon-possessed person's life, and he can change Joe White Collar. He can change everyone's life in here today. Like what if I have an addiction? He can change your life. What if I don't have any addiction? He can change your life. He can change anybody's life in here today. And when, you, when he does change your life, you'll be able to see in HD with clarity and a bigger picture and clear sound that's not muffled. And that's the way God has intended for us to live our life. Let's keep on going because there's a bet that I won't get through all of Philippians chapter 1. For I fully expect... <laughs> It's all about competition with me. I was talking to my friend today. She's like, you like CrossFit? I'm like, yes, I love competition. I mean, I love CrossFit. Um, verse 20 says this, For I fully expect and I hope <clears throat> that I will never be ashamed, but that I will continue to be bold for Christ as I have been in the past. And I trust that my life will bring honor to Christ whether I live or die. For to me, living means, for to me, living, means living for Christ and dying is even better. But if I live, I can do more fruitful work for Christ so I really don't know which is better. I'm not, he goes, I'm torn between two desires. I long to go and be with Christ, which would be far better for me. But for you, for your sakes, it's better that I continue to live. Verse 25, knowing this, I'm convinced that I will remain alive so I can continue to help all of you grow and experience the joy of your faith. And when I come to you again, you will have even more reason to take pride in Christ Jesus because of what he is doing through me. That little paragraph there is tricky. And let me explain to you. Paul simply says this, if I die, I'm going to be with Jesus. I'm okay with that. Like, from what I've seen and what I've heard, heaven sounds pretty amazing. Heaven sounds incredible. Like, it's not a bad place. So if I die, I'm going to be with Jesus. And then he says this, but if I'm going to stay here on planet Earth, I'm going to serve Jesus. So either way we slice it, I'm going to serve Jesus. Awesome. And you and I are thinking the same thing. I'm thinking, like, what's the third option? Like, is there, like, a middle ground? Like, what if I'm a Christian, but I don't want to serve Jesus? What if I'm a Christian, and I don't want to honor God in my life? What if, what if I'm a Christian? What if I, is there, like, a plan B? Like, a plan C? Because I would, I would love, like, the middle ground of that. Like, I don't want to be Paul. I don't want to die. And by the way, it's going to be, if you die, a lot of people don't like to think about death, our generation like to think about death, but that's going to be pretty awesome if you're a Christian. Like, it's going to be better. Just so you know, earth is better. Last week, um, one of our, heaven's better, not earth. Heaven is better. Thanks, Diana. Heaven is way better than earth. It just is. Last week, um, Gabe um, is, is our, was a drum for us for the first semester of why he was at Southeastern University. Not Tyler played today. Kyle played today. Gabe played for us for a while. Gabe's mom was diagnosed with cancer five weeks ago. And last week, they buried her. They gave her a year to live, and it gave her, and she made it five weeks. 
and I, I, Diana, we, we sent them flowers from our church, and, and he text, Diana, Diana's, and I have been texting him, hey, praying for you, bro, hey, love you, bro, I've been praying for you, hey, bro, love you, bro, just trying to encourage him, just trying to encourage him, trying to encourage him, and one of the things Diana said to him, man, your, mo- your, your mom must love heaven right now, and she's looking down, so proud of you, heaven is better, only Christians think like that, man, heaven's gonna be all, only Paul would think that, people that don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ, they're like, man, why would I want to go to this place I've never been before, like, is it like Disney or not, because if it is, I'm interested, but if it's not, like, I'm not, you know, like, only on, like, Slow season, not busy season. You know, like, like, I, is it how? Like, how good is it? It's really good. It's incredible. It's better than you can imagine. If I try to explain it to you, I would do a bad job at it, which is why we never did a series on heaven yet, because I'm gonna do. I don't want to botch it up. But it's incredible. And Paul's like, if I die, I'm gonna be in heaven with Jesus. But if I stay on this earth, I'm gonna give my life to Jesus, and I'm gonna bring honor to him, because that's what we're put on this earth to do. Your life, he says. Here's what it should look like. Verse, um, verse 27. Um, <clears throat> I'm not skipping, am I? That's next, right? 27? Sweet. I made it. <laughs> above all, above all things, he says, guys, above, this is in, in his introductory statement. Above all, guys, you must live as a citizen of heaven, conducting yourselves in a manner worthy of the good news about Christ. Then, whether I come and see you again or only hear about you, I will know that you are standing together with one spirit and one purpose, fighting together for the faith, which is the good news. Don't, do not, don't be intimidated in any way by your enemies. This will be a sign to them that they're going to be destroyed, but that you are going to be saved, even by God himself. For you have been given not only the privilege of trusting in Christ, but also the privilege of suffering for him. We are in this struggle together. You have seen my struggle in the past, and you know, and you know that I am still in the midst of it. Man, that's just the first, that's just the first chapter. So good. He goes, man, I want you to live in such a way that everyone knows that you're a follower of Jesus. I want everyone to see that. I, you want to know how the, the church grew in, in, those, in those areas at, at Philippi? Is they saw people commit their life to Christ, and the changes on them were so clear and so evident that people were like, man, I'm interested in that. Where do I sign up at? You ever met a Christian, and you're like, man, why are they, or met a person like, man, why are they so happy? And it can only be described by Jesus? <laughs> you're like, man, what are you on? And they're like, oh, I got, I got saved. <laughs> I'm on Jesus. Like, where's the bottle at? I want some of that. Like, man, what, what happened to you? Oh, man, I just, God's been changing my life. Well, I saw you six weeks ago. Yeah, it only, it only takes God a second to change your life. It takes, it takes God a moment to change your life. All right, man, things, you don't sound the same. Yeah, I just, Jesus changed my life. That's only, you ever met someone, they can only, just, they can only describe, like, it's just Jesus. Like, if I die, Jesus, if I live, Jesus. That's all I really got. Oh, okay. How'd you get there? Jesus. How'd he get there? His dad. Where does dad come from? Oh, he's always been around. I can't explain that part, but I just know this. I know it's Jesus. He, he, lives and he, he lived and he died and he rose again. Like, I can't explain that. Jesus is everything to Paul. Can I ask you a question today? Is Jesus everything to you? Because when he is, it just looks different. It looks different. It feels different. Smells different. 
And he says that to them. He goes, man, guys, I want you to keep on going. Keep on going. Man, I'm so proud of you. Keep on going. Man, I'm so proud of you guys. Keep on going. You're doing great, man. Live your life in, in a manner worthy of the gospel. And all these, and all these uh, verses of, of the Bible and uh, all these chapters of Philippians, just like I, I, um, I love what Matt Chandler says. He calls them coffee mug verses because they're like on a coffee mug. Like all these verses. There are like so many different verses. Philippians just loaded with them. And for me to live is Christ, but to die is gain. And he just has this going back and forth. Well, do I want to die? Do I want to live? Do I want to die? Do I want to live? I wrote down a couple of things about this, about this, 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 this is one chapter. Number one, every area of your life should bring honor to God. Every area of your life should bring honor to God. Your relationships should bring honor to God. All of them. Your, your finances, they, they got to honor God. I mean, I'm not telling you something that I'm, that I'm telling you is a good idea. I'm telling you how Paul lived his life. And for whatever it's worth to you, he was the one that God spoke these words into his ear and he wrote them. So like I said last week, like if you we want the same results that the people in the Bible got, when you start doing the things that the people in the Bible actually did, that's, that's like practical and basic 101. Paul says, guys, I, I want you, to, I want every area of your life to bring honor into God, to bring honor to God. Your business practices should, should point to Jesus. They should, they should honor God. Your thoughts. Paul, Paul writes in another, in another book, he goes, hey, let, let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus. Let God conform your mind. Let God transform your mind. Let, let your mind be changed. Like if your mind, if you battle with a lot of people do, they battle with a sickness in the minds. Like it'd be awesome if a, if, if a, if a medicine could eradicate the things that happens in our mind and, and sometimes medicine can help that. But I tell you what can do it permanently is Jesus. I love what James says. James says that you gotta take medicine and you gotta pray. But I'll tell you this, man, you get to a place in your life where you feel like a sickness is coming over you or you feel like a depression is coming over you. It'd be a good, it would serve us a good, serve us well sometimes to just go and read some scripture and let God begin to change our mind. We think some, if you're honest here today, you think some whacked out stuff in your mind, don't you? Yeah, we all do. Sometimes the most whacked out stuff pops in our mind. What do you do when that happens? You need your mind renewed. You need some positive in there. Well, the best positive I know is this book. It's the best positive I know. The words of God. Every area of our life should, should bring honor to God. The Bible says whatever you eat, whatever you drink, whatever you do, ought to bring glory to God. Everything you do ought to bring glory to God. It ought to point to Jesus. Here's the second thing. And I, just, I believe this will change it. This, this can change the world. We should live now like we're going to live in heaven. We should live now like we're going to live in heaven. Well, that sounds backward, Wes. I believe this. Jesus, sometimes, to you and I, what seems backwards to you and I, seems right on right on par with Jesus. We should live now like we're going to live in heaven. You know in heaven our relationships are perfect. Like you can't have perfect relationships on, on earth because we're all, we're all sinners. <laughs> like show me the most in love couple that you know. They got issues. 
Do you know what I'm saying? When I say issues, you just nod your head. You know exactly what I'm talking about. Some of you guys married 20, 30 years in here, like a long time. Like, show me the best marriage you know, and there's issues there. When we get to heaven, there's no, there's no fighting. I'm, I'm coaching a, a couple getting married in November, and um, I'm about to start coaching another couple who's getting married in, in, in August. And um, I always say this, um, you know, you, it's, it's when you're in the dating phase of relationships, like it's easy. And here's why it's easy. Because until you move in together, you don't really know if that person squeezes the toothpaste from the middle or if they push it from the end. <laughs> That's when you know, like, like I, for me, I've got Diana trained now. Like, I, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a back pusher. Like, I like it to just to be going all the way. I like it just to go or just flow, like just from right to left. <laughs> she's just like, she'll walk in, she'll squeeze the middle, you know? I think this also, this is just a free breath. Like, there's less spillage when you squeeze it from the end because you can, you can moderate it just right. You middle squeeze, you're just like, oh man. Then it stays there for a couple of weeks or days. Um, I was free, Diana. She's trained now, so it's not a big deal. 12 years of marriage, I mean, we've got each other just trained. I'm just, just perfect. I'm just the husband she dreamed of, you know? And vice versa, I'm just kidding. She's a lot closer to getting this stuff figured out than I do. We should live now like we're going to live in heaven. Our relationships are perfect there. Everything's perfect in heaven. We got to start attaining. We got to start trying to get things healthy. We got to have healthy finances and healthy relationships and healthy minds and healthy bodies. Everything should just be healthy. We should be trying to get everything about our lives. We ought to be trying to get it to get healthy. And we got to get every, everybody we know, we got to be pointing them to Jesus. We got to play with Jesus. Paul said, live your life in such a way that's worthy. Live your life in a, a life that's worthy of the gospel. That's, that people see like, man, there's just something different about them. Does every area of your life honor God? It should be the goal. It should be the goal. To start small, take it one day at a time, and see what happens. And are you living now like you're going to live in heaven? You got to get ready for heaven because you're going to love it. You're going to love it. Let's bow our head and close our eyes in a word of prayer.